Hello, and welcome to Ancient Word, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. My name is Jerry Crow, and I will be your teacher as we study the Word of God together. And now, today's lesson. Let us turn to Romans chapter 6 today. But before we turn to the scripture, let us turn to the one who wrote those scriptures. Father God, our Creator, Redeemer, and Friend, we come before you now and ask you to help us understand your holy word. Open our ears to hear what you have to say. Open our hearts to understand. Teach us, Lord God, by your word today. It is in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Today we're going to be doing things a little bit differently than our last few studies together have been. We're going to look at several large pieces of scripture and put them all together so that we can learn who we are in Christ. Many times people come to me and say things such as, I just don't know who I am anymore. How do I know who God has created me to be? And the question I asked God when I started on this journey with him, who am I? Hopefully by the end of this study together, we will have answered these questions and any iteration of them you might have. Let's start in Romans 6, verses 1 through 14. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. First of all, we as believers need to understand we are no longer dead because of our sin. Remember what happened when Adam and Eve sinned? That because of their sin, death was introduced into the world. Not just physical death, which is bad enough, but there is also spiritual death. In sin, we are dead. We are separated from God. However, because of the work of Jesus, we can be made alive in him. We can derive a few things from these scriptures that will help us understand this. First, 
we are partakers in Jesus' death. Because of our faith in him, we also died. Our sinful nature died at that moment of salvation. Second, just as death no longer has power over Jesus, our dead sinful nature has no power over us. Dead things do not have power. Oftentimes when doing electrical work, an electrician will find a dead circuit. This dead circuit doesn't have any electricity running through it. It no longer has power to do anything. Likewise, our sinful nature no longer has power. That is, as long as we continue to keep it dead. Third, God the Father no longer sees us as being dead in our sins. Instead, the Father looks at us through the life-giving power of the blood of Jesus Christ, and he sees us as alive. As long as we do not resurrect our sinful nature, sin will not control us. In order to keep the sinful nature dead, we need to be completely surrendered to God, the Father, through Jesus, the Son. Through all of these things, we can say that as believers, we are dead to sin and made alive in Christ. Secondly, since we understand that we are now dead to sin and made alive in Christ, we should know that we are now to be led by the Holy Spirit in all things. Let us turn to Romans chapter 8 and look at verses 1 through 17. Like I said, we're going to be looking at some large chunks of scripture today, so hold on. Be ready for the ride. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin. He condemns sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. 
Looking at these scriptures, there is a lot to try to unpack. I could spend hours going through Romans 8 because it is that rich. But we do not have hours right now, so I will try to sum it up into just a few statements. First, because we are in Christ, we are no longer condemned. In our sinful nature, we were condemned to death all the way to hell. However, because of our faith in Christ and his redemptive work in us, that condemnation no longer affects us. As long as we continue to walk in the Spirit, we will not be condemned. Second, the Spirit of God will lead us to life and peace as long as we continually submit to his leading. We ever stop being submitted to the will and leading of the Holy Spirit, our old nature can come back and lead us into doing those things which are not pleasing to God the Father. Therefore, we must put the old sinful nature to death by the Holy Spirit. We have no obligation to that nature. We are under no obligation to sin. When we put our old nature to death, we are given the spirit of adoption. We are now the children of God because we are led by and submit to the Holy Spirit. That was as quickly as I can even imagine trying to sum up those verses. Like I said, I could spend hours right there. But we have just a very brief time together, and we still have a lot more to unpack. One day, maybe I'll go back through Romans 8, and we'll study it deeply together. Now let us go to Galatians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you were, were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent for the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. These are some extremely powerful verses when it comes to your identity. Again, I could spend much more time here than what we have today, but I will not do that, trying to get as much into this as I can. First of all, we see that in the last set of verses, we are adopted by God through the work of Jesus Christ and our faith in him. You, you, yes, you, are a son or daughter of God Almighty. The Lord who created all things calls you his child. Think about that for a minute. The creator of the universe, because of your faith in Jesus Christ, calls you his child. 
we can also see that no matter what our background is, we are made one into the image of Christ. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, what country you are from, what your genealogy says about you, what your name says about you. It doesn't matter. In the kingdom of God, we are all one. And we are adopted into the seed of Abraham. Because of this adoption, we are made heirs to the covenant promises God gave Abraham. Go back and read in Genesis the covenant promises that God made to Abraham. You have those promises also. Through the work of Jesus Christ and our faith in him, we are now adopted into the covenant family of God Almighty. What else can be a part of your identity? Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. You and I are citizens of heaven. This citizenship goes beyond our earthly citizenship. We have been made not only children of God, not only heirs to the promises of Abraham, but citizens of the dwelling place of God. And finally, we come down to the best way to sum up who we are as followers of Christ. For this, we will turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 4 through 10. Are you ready for the best part? Me too. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word, to which they, were, they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. This is a final statement in our study concerning the identity of the believer. If you want to know who you really are according to God, this is the one you need to be most excited about. Peter lists a few things here. Before he gets to the end, he says this about us. We are living stones being built up into a spiritual house. We are a holy priesthood, offering up spiritual sacrifices which are pleasing to God. He calls us a chosen generation. For such a time as this, we are here right now, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
than God's own special people. The King James Version here says we are a peculiar people. And here we go. This is the most important thing about being a believer. Are you ready? We are the people of God. Because we are the people of God, we have obtained mercy from him. Through this mercy, we are given all those things we have looked at thus far. Through this mercy, we can call upon him in our times of trouble. Through this mercy, we can come boldly into the throne of grace and cry out to him, and he will hear us. Without this mercy, we are nothing. We are still dead in our sins. But through this mercy, we are able to proclaim his praises. We are God's people. Don't ever forget that. We are no longer just human beings. As believers, we are given a new identity. We no longer belong to ourselves or to the world, but we belong to God. The creator of the universe now calls us his children. The savior of the world now calls us his brothers and sisters. You are no longer a sinner, but you are a child of the Most High God. Our sin nature is defeated, and now it is up to us to walk out these things. Learn to live according to the work he has done in our lives. In our next study together, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to look at how we should live as followers of Christ. Now that we know who we are, it's important for us to know how we should live in this world. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are and for who you have made us to be. Help us to know who we are. Help us to understand that we are your people, your children, and your heirs. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son. Amen. Thank you for listening to Ancient Words, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. We hope that you are encouraged by the Word of God. Remember to take a moment and look up today's scriptures and dig into the Word for yourself. For more information about Jerry Crow Ministries, please go to www.jerrycrowministries.com. There you can find information about the ministry, contact information, and catch up on some of our latest writings. Tune in next time for more biblical understanding. May God bless you and keep you in our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit.